0: Hello, and welcome back to the Legendary Chiropractor Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brett Janogan. Today, we have a special episode. We have Dr. Clint Steele with True Chiro, a brain-based approach to advancing your chiropractic practice, taking it to the next level, and truly engaging your patients and allowing them to be able to understand how the brain works and how powerful it is and how it can work for them.
1: Dr. Steele, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm super excited about this. always Always pumped to talk uh, what I call the truth of
0: chiropractic. Absolutely, absolutely. So drop some of that truth on us. What uh, What is true
1: chiro and how can it change my practice? Well, ultimately, this is the deal, man. And this is the same discussion I have with hundreds and hundreds of chiropractors. What system, what body system ultimately is chiropractic about? Brain and nervous system. Brain and nervous system, right? But if you go out and you ask 100 people in the public what chiropractic is about, what are... Probably 99.9% of them going to say. Uh, low back pain, neck pain. Absolutely. So there's a problem, right? This is the problem. And unfortunately, it's it's a, it's a serious problem that we need to address because these people that think chiropractic is just about neck and low back pain are, are literally missing, missing the boat. But in some cases, these people are dying. And when I say dying, they're actually dying because they do not know the truth around what their brain and nervous system truly does and how chiropractic can impact their brain and nervous system uh-huh, uh-huh. and it, it you know we were just talking before the show it's, it's sad it's sad how many people have no clue as to their uh, their disease process that they're going through is is at a foundational level a problem with their brain and nervous system they yeah. have no clue no
0: they don't they um, you know I see it almost every day people come in and they're just like oh my back hurts here. My, my net, my leg hurts here, but they don't understand that, you know, you have to reconnect the nervous system to the body. So the body can communicate and say, Hey, there is a problem and I need to get fixed.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, this, this whole thing, you know, let's, let's, let's dive a little bit into this, man. Like, you know, some, some of the docs listening to this, some of the students as well, you know, say, well, listen, you know, I understand that, you know, uh, some, some, back pain, you know, is, is changing the you know the vertebral the vertebral function, you know, and, and but they have a hard time making the connection between between that and 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 the brain mm-hmm. and how that actually affects the brain. So what I'd like to do is start with this. Uh, and, and so this kind of lays the foundation. Basically we all know and, and when I go out and I speak I speak about um, stress, mm-hmm. the brain disease and chiropractic. And I, 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 there's science that brings us all together. Okay. And usually my talks, when, when I go to a conference, usually my talks are, are, you know, standing room only because this is ultimately where, where chiropractors, I believe, want to go. They just don't know how to get there. So I want to start with the foundation. Basically this is the foundation is stress affects brain function. I think we all know that stress necessarily is not bad it's when our brain cannot longer adapt to that stress it becomes bad uh. right and the term is called allostasis for those uh students or docs that aren't familiar with the term it was invented in the late 1980s and i believe it was invented before D- bj and 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 dd would use this our forefathers would use this because this takes homeostasis to another level and what it basically boils down to is this allostasis is the ability for our brain and nervous system to maintain homeostasis during stress but then also during recovery Mm. and what that means further down the road is this homeostasis when the fire alarm goes off is going to be different than homeostasis when someone's laying in bed getting ready to, to fall asleep yep agree agreed absolutely absolutely the question is does your brain have the ability to move you into proper homeostasis when the fire alarm goes off and then proper homeostasis when the fire alarm goes away right? Oh. Stress adapt- adaptation, right? Basically, it's yep. what it comes down to. A lot of people refer to it as re- as res- resilience, right? Yep. Or adaptability. But ultimately, uh, what happens is this. <clears throat> when our brain can no longer adapt to the amount of stress that's being placed upon it, <clears throat> a couple things happen. Very general terms here I'm going to use, but basically what happens is the prefrontal cortex actually starts to shrink. It goes offline and it starts to actually shrink okay the the amygdala on the other hand our survival brain actually starts to increase in size Mm. because here's what happens is when the brain when the brain senses there's a stress fire alarm stress in this example the prefrontal cortex says you know what I'm going offline I'm going to let the amygdala handle this the amygdala is amazing at handle this allowing allowing the the, us to survive this right Mm -hmm. and so the amygdala takes over the limbic system takes over boom We've got our increase in heart rate, our increase in respiration rate, our increase in muscle tension. We've got certain chemicals going through the brain or through the body, right? Through the blood, all this, all this happens, right? At the end of that though, at the end of that fire alarm, now what should happen is fire alarm is gone. Let's say it's a false alarm to come back into the building. Now what should happen is the prefrontal cortex should come online again, right? And start to engage unfortunately, what happens, we get into these neural pathways where it it becomes more and more difficult for the amygdala to turn that over to the prefrontal cortex and the prefrontal cortex to take over. Four things happen. Okay. When, when this happens now, obviously a lot of things happen, but I'm going to focus on these four things. Okay. Because I think when docs understand this, um, they will, they will understand that in most cases we are severely, severely underserving our following underserving our patients because here's what happens the prefrontal cortex is 90 percent inhibitive okay inhibitory in nature Mm -hmm. so the first thing that happens is we lose our flexor inhibition so the prefrontal cortex actually inhibits our flexors from flexing okay okay and so so doc if if our flexors are no longer being inhibited, what kind of posture are we gonna see? Uh, that would be a survival state, would it not? Absolutely, our our, our heads, first thing we're gonna see it moves. it moves here locally and then distally, right? First thing we're gonna see is our SCM start to flex, hmm. right? Uh, our head's gonna start to move forward, right? Now, the question is how many of your patients are coming in with forward head posture? Uh, almost everybody. It's it's like over 90% yep. easy. I mean, I have five and six year olds coming in with forward head posture.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So when docs understand that when someone has forward head posture, you know, we're calling it tech neck, whatever we go, whatever, whatever we call it, it's actually brain damage. Okay. Our brain is becoming damaged. That's the first sign that our brain is damaged. Okay. Now, when I say damaged, that I'm not saying we can't reverse it, but 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 I I like to use the language, man. Let's, our brain is being damaged. And so at that point now, everyone starts to take this a little bit more seriously. This is more than just looking forward at at your phone texting, right? This is actual brain damage that's starting to occur. Okay. That's the first thing that happens. Second thing that happens is we lose our inhibition of our, I mean, our autonomic nervous system. Mm. So normally our prefrontal cortex inhibits our sympathetic nervous system from overriding our parasympathetic nervous system. Right. Okay. And so if our prefrontal cortex is offline, it can't do that anymore. What are we going to see in regards to our autonomic nervous system?
0: Oh, it's going to be stuck in a, oh, good. No, go ahead, man. Uh, Communication.
1: uh, It's going to be stuck in a sympathetic state. It's going to be stuck in survival. So what type of symptoms are we going to see? High stress, anxiety, depression, you're going to see, well, so, so anxiety and depression is going to come next, okay. but we're going to see things like high blood pressure, right? We're going to see sleep problems. We're going to see probably digestive problems. We're going to see hormonal changes, right? Because this is, this is all that happens, right? Right. Exactly. We're on the, we're on the same page. Yes, sir. Okay. So third thing, getting back to what you, what you just talked about now, because we know that our sympathetic nervous system is taking effect. That's going to affect the third thing, which is our inhibitory. In our inability to inhibit moods, to to balance our moods, oh. okay? And so that's when we start getting into anger issues. We start getting into anxiety issues, depression issues. We start getting into um, our inability to control our, our cravings, right? So we start seeing addiction disorders. We start seeing overeating issues. We start seeing... Um, you know, drug drug addiction stuff. We see alcohol addiction stuff. These are people that 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 need something to calm them down. So they drink more, they eat more sugar, they eat more crap, right? To to suppress those those feelings, right? Exactly. That's the third thing, and then the fourth thing. Okay, the fourth thing is we lose our inhibition for pain. Hmm. Very last thing to show up. Okay, very last thing to show up is all of a sudden now we start to see more pain. Okay could be chronic low back, chronic headaches, chronic neck pain, could be hip pain, knee pain, whatever. Now, the important thing to understand is that as soon as we start to improve brain function, we see improvement in reverse order. So guess what the first thing is to go away? Pain. Pain. And how many of us, me included, for 17 years, that was my story for 17 years, uh, not anymore, but how many of us, and how many of our patients stop once the pain is gone? Oh,
0: that's the hardest That's the hardest jump right there is taking a person out of pain and make them understand the principle of chiropractic. You know, they're like, I'm out of pain. Um, I'm good. I can leave. I don't have to be here anymore.
1: Right. Um, the problem is it's not only with the patients, but a lot of times it's with the docs. And now it's, I think at some level docs know this, but do they address it? Do they actually... Uh, do they actually, you know, have the conversation with their patients? Because the majority of people going in to see a chiropractor nowadays are coming in for, you know, pain. Uh-huh. But they're but they're coming in with all these other things that we just talked about. They're coming in with depression and anxiety and high blood pressure and sleep problems and postural issues, right? All these things. But yet, the majority of time, we never bring that back to this is a brain problem uh-huh. for, for a couple of reasons, which we could, you know, we can talk about at some point. But... Uh, we've got to get away from that, man. People are dying. And and when I say people are dying, they're, they're literally dying because they have no idea that, that this is the problem, right? That this is the foundation of health is, is the ability for their brain and nervous system to adapt to and recover from stress. Uh, and that's the cause. And, And when I go out and I speak, you know, I, I pull the science out. I mean, we've got tons and tons of research. You could go and Google, you could go Google stress and high blood pressure and, and you're going to have 15, 20 articles just like that, right? You can go and stress IBS and stress, boom, 15, 20 articles just like that, right? Because all, all this comes down to the foundational level that the brain isn't functioning properly and, and, the, and the cause of the brain problem is stress.
0: Absolutely. And it, I mean, it completely, stress throws off everything. So your hormones, it throws off how you respond to your environment. You know, you talked about amygdala. Like, um, are, are you familiar with like amygdala hijacking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounded like whenever you were talking about it. The amygdala essentially overrides the prefrontal cortex and causes you to respond to a, a said threat. And that response is stored. So you're just figure you're triggering a fear response and just putting yourself in a further sympathetic state.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things I talk about is the amygdala hijack, but understand that, you know, your brain doesn't understand the difference between a fire alarm stress or a relationship stress or financial stress, or I'm late to work stress, or sometimes even more importantly, that stress that happened 30 years ago that you keep replaying in your mind at some level, usually subconscious level, because 95% of this stuff happens at, at, at a subconscious level.
0: Mm, I love it. People,
1: people don't even know what's happening.
0: I love that because it, it's so true information stored in the nervous system. And if it doesn't get integrated, then it stays there continually, just plays on a reloop pattern.
1: It becomes part of us, right? It becomes I, I call it your essence, right? It's just your it's your go to, but you don't even know it. So, for example, and I'll throw out some a couple of examples. We we were I was speaking in Miami uh, one weekend and we got into the elevator. My wife and I got into the elevator that morning and, and there was uh, this woman that got in. She pushed the button. And this loud sound, like it was really strange. It was like a loud buzzing sound all of a sudden went off. And um, we looked at each other and, and she she got these huge eyes. And, and I could tell like, something's not right here. Like that was an unusual response to that, right? Didn't say anything. The next morning we get in the elevator, same exact woman, right? Same, same exact woman. We get in and she goes to push the button. I said, well, hopefully it doesn't make that sound like it did yesterday. And she kind of laughs and she says, yeah, I hope not. I said, yeah, that was... That was pretty. Uh, I can't remember the exact word I said. That was pretty traumatic, wasn't it? And she goes, "You have no idea." She says, "When I was a little girl, I got stuck in an elevator." And she says, "I had a severe anxiety attack, panic attacks." And she says, "She's been having problems ever since, right?" Wow. And so basically, it, and you know, we, i didn't get into it with her. Obviously, we're we're taking a you know a three-level elevator ride or whatever. But if I could take her back, she was basically viewing. Her brain was basically viewing her her environment from to some degree that, that experience, mm-hmm. right? Now, some people small for me, it was being molested by my, my female babysitter at the age of nine years old, multiple times. Uh, and so my perception of my world was, I'm not, I'm not worthy, right? I'm not worthy. And, and I, I get into the details behind that, but basically I'm not worthy. So when it came to my practice, I'm not worthy to have, You know successful practice to finances i'm not worthy so it it comes down to some of those some of those levels right even where we're perceiving because ultimately our brain has to perceive the environment both internally and externally and then respond to that environment question is how is the brain perceiving that environment Mm, and that's such a great question i feel like a lot of chiropractors don't dive into that
0: enough and that's that's where the juice is you know that's where You dive in, you can actually
1: change a person's life forever from that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a a lady come in, um, uh, 81, I think, 80-ish, pulmonary hypertension. Uh, So one of the questions I tell docs is, listen, ask. you got to ask, how long has this been going on? Right? How long has this been going on? And then the next question is, what was going on in your life when this started? Hmm. Hey, that's a very, very important question. So this lady here, I said, how long has this been going on? She says, oh, I started having symptoms of it probably about six years ago. And I said, well, what happened six years ago in your life? She says, my mother died. I said, oh, I said, how did that make you feel? She mm-hmm. says, well, n- not very important. She says, I lost my my feeling of importance. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, my mom basically was my biggest supporter and she's the person that made me feel important. And so then what you can do, docs, is you can then take it to even even a a deeper level and you can say, well, that feeling that you you had when your mom died, have you had that feeling before? And if so, when do you remember first having that feeling? And for her, it was immediate. She says, when I was nine years old, She says, my grandmother died, and that's the first time I I didn't feel important. I said, why is that? She says, well, because at the time, I was being raised by my grandmother, and she's the one that made me feel important. At the the end of this session, right, I looked at her, and I said, I want you to tell me that you're important. She couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Wow. It, It was intense. Like She started crying, right? She's just because if you look at like pulmonary hypertension and I I use a lot of Louise, we're getting kind of sidetracked here, but I I use some of Louise Hay's work. I don't know if you've ever looked at her, her work. I used to think it was wacky, but now it's like, it's almost always right on. But basically for those of you not familiar with it, it's, it's work that uh, Louise Hay did that basically brings back physical symptoms to emotional stress or emotional trauma that you've had. And it's, I can't tell you how right on it is almost all the time. Right. I've used it with Parkinson's patients. I've used it with example, this lady pulmonary hypertension. It was um, not, not loving, not loving life. I can't remember the exact words, but not loving life, not feeling important. Right. And boom, it was like right on. And so when I told her, I said, tell me you, you are worthy, you're important. And she started crying and she said, I can't. And so we worked through it to the point where she finally was able to say it after, after tears and, and, and everything, but that was her essence. That's what I was getting around. This whole story is about she was living her life from the from the essence of not not feeling important, right? Not feeling important. And so now that's starting to change. It's crazy. She's a chiropractor, and, and she was retired because she felt like she had nothing to offer. Now she's back in practice. She's helping people. Her pulmonary hypertension's getting better. It's, it's it's amazing, right? That's such a beautiful story.
0: And I, I love that it's a chiropractor it, too, because you know, working working going as a student going from student to doctor, going through a bunch of seminars as a student, you get impacted with a lot of doctors and you definitely see people that are struggling in practice to see people that are uh, successful in practice and see people that are on their way to success and that journey of enoughness, that journey of, um, overcoming, you know, the old story, the old narrative that you grew up in or that you come from. And when you, I feel like chiropractors were all empaths. So as you transform yourself into the amazing, badass chiropractor that you're becoming, um, it's such a journey to let go of all those limiting beliefs and move forward past that and let that trauma, you know, let it integrate and move past and let it go. And it's, it sounds just, it's, it's a beautiful story. And, and, um, I love that, that she was a chiropractor on top of it.
1: Yeah. I find, I find that, you know, with a lot of chiropractors, a lot of chiropractors have, um, for whatever reason, uh, have a worthiness issue. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say even chiropractors. I think the majority of the public have a have a worthiness issue. Uh, they don't feel they're worthy. They don't feel like they're good enough. Uh, they're not enough. But I find that with a lot of chiropractors, and that impacts their practice. That impacts their their finances. You know, the whole thing.
0: Absolutely. So, you uh, you speak all over the the world and the United States, spreading the message of chiropractic and, and teaching people. Uh, how their brain can connect to their body. How can we move forward and implement this in our practice and, and really take it to the next level if I wanted to?
1: Well, hopefully you want to. Hopefully every chiropractor wants to, right? Because yeah. ultimately this is about the brain and nervous system. Uh, and so number one, we've got to change the conversation. And I'll go through a, a quick um, you know, two-minute analogy to change the conversation. But then then you have to follow that up though. If, if you're going to be about the brain and nervous system, then you've got to measure the brain and nervous system. Right. Oh. And so, although, you know, although x-rays, you know, will show the effects you'll, you have HRV shows the effects you have, you know, titron or rolling thermal even shows the effects or, you know, whatever you're going to do there, it all shows the effects, but they're all downstream effects. And from a patient standpoint, if you're taught, if you're talking brain and nervous system, but you're showing lumbar spine or you're showing, you know, something you're running up and down their back, you're, or you're showing a posture, you know, it's still about the spine, right? And so what I teach docs is, and this is science-based is visual perception is 43 times faster than auditory perception. Okay. So you can talk till you're blue in the face. If they're seeing spine, you can tell them a hundred times it's about the brain but if they're seeing spine they're leaving there thinking well you know they showed me the spine they they said brain but they showed me spine they were touching my back so they must be a back doctor oh. and so what i'm trying to get docs to do is listen we have the ability right now to be able to actually measure brain waves in our office very simple to do during stress and during the recovery what is going on with our brain waves but at the same time then what is going on with these physiologic functions during stress and during recovery and that is when, when you put these leads on, on people's brains, and again, it's very simple to do, but when you do that, this is what I find is that people go, oh my gosh, like this is legit. You're actually measuring my brain. And we've been in front of docs before, you know, sharing this technology and showing this. And we have docs that are actually saying, holy cow, like this actually makes you a brain doctor now because yeah, we're measuring brain stuff. Right. And so when I tell people what I do, when people say, hey, what do you do? I'm, I'm, I'm a brain and nervous system specialist. Mm. Well, well, what do you mean? You know, because when people when people hear the word chiropractor, they automatically their go to is, oh, well, this guy works on bad backs. Right. Right. And so the, the great thing is, that is you know, when you go and you tell someone, you yeah, I'm a chiropractor and they say, oh, well, good to know. Glad I don't need you. W- what do you mean? You're glad you don't need me. Like, because they think you're a back pain specialist. Right. A back mm-hmm. doctor. Um, so anyway, two things. Number one, we've got to change the conversation. OK. Yep. And so we do this. Do we have still have time? Do we have time? Oh, yeah Plenty <laughs> okay a couple minutes i'll just take you through this scenario because what i get is docs saying listen the majority of people coming into me are coming in for neck and low back pain so how do i how do i move from their back pain to being a brain problem and i'm going to tell you right now okay this is how you do it you focus on their back pain absolutely you've got their intake form you focus on their back pain hopefully somewhere on your intake form though you have a list of 20 or 30 or 40 different conditions that they can circle mm-hmm. that most of those people are experiencing at least a couple of those things, sleep problems, you know, digestive problems, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, those things. Um, and so you focus on their neck or low back pain. At some point though, we're going to set this aside. Okay. I you was know, say, Mrs. Jones, I understand, you know, you've got a lot going on and, and you do. I, I said, what, what I'd like to do though, Mrs. Jones is just take a minute to share with you a little bit more in detail what I do as a chiropractor, how I'm different than other chiropractors as, as, a, as a brain-based chiropractor, and how am I might be able to help you, is that okay? Never get a no, right? They always say yes. Awesome, first question I'd like to ask you, Mrs. Jones, is this, what coordinates every function in your entire body? Okay. As soon as they say the brain and nervous system, guys, you got them, right? Because now you can relate everything that they have back to their brain. Well, Mrs. Jones, you said, your brain coordinates every function in your entire body, right? So that's the first question. Second question is this. Let me let me go through a list of questions here, Mrs. Jones. Let's let's put out the scenario that the fire alarm goes off right now. What would happen to your heart rate, do you think? It'd go up. What would happen to your breathing rate? It'd go up. What would happen to your muscle tension? Well, it would tighten up. Why? Why, when your brain perceives the, envir- the, the stress as the fire alarm stress, does your brain tell your body to do this stuff? Ultimately, they come back to, well, I've got to escape the burning building. Mm-hmm. That's what we call survival mode. Now, let's say it's a false alarm. You come back in. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum here, Mrs. Jones. Let's say it's a false alarm. You come back in. We're sitting down for 10, 15 minutes. What should happen to your heart rate now? Your breathing rate. Your muscle tension. Absolutely. And why? Well, because the stress is gone. You can relax now, right? Absolutely. This is what we call healing mode, Mrs. Jones. Understand that your brain is cannot coordinate healing if it's in survival mode it can only coordinate healing if it's in healing mode okay second thing is your brain doesn't understand the difference between a fire alarm stress or relationship stress or a uh, 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 um, uh, 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 financial stress or i'm late to work stress or the kids are driving me bonkers stress do you ever experience any of those stressors mrs jones oh all the time yeah, yeah absolutely so here's the deal mrs jones your brain can handle this much stress if your stress load is way up here how now is your brain able to coordinate the functions of your body properly um. oh I can't absolutely so what i think is going on with you mrs jones is this and we're going to do an exam but what i think is happening here is you have a brain and nervous system imbalance i know you came in here with with low back pain and we're going to address that but i think ultimately the cause of that is a brain and nervous system imbalance let me tell you why if you if you if your brain thinks it's trying to escape a burning building. We just said your brain does what to the muscles? They tense up, absolutely. So is your brain better able to coordinate healing if your muscles are tense or they're nice and relaxed? Relaxed. Nice and relaxed, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in addition, Mrs. Jones, if your brain thinks it's trying to escape a burning building, what is that doing to your blood pressure? Because I noticed you circled, you have high blood pressure right now, you're on two medications. So if your brain thinks it's trying to escape a burning building, what is it gonna do to your blood pressure? I can go up. Absolutely. In addition, Mrs. Jones, you said you're having a hard time sleeping. If your brain thinks it's trying to escape a burning building, does it want to sleep? No, absolutely not. So again, Mrs. Jones, I'm going to check out your low back. I'm going to check all that out. But I think ultimately what's happening here is you have a brain and nervous system imbalance going on. So what I'd like to do is go ahead and assess your brain and nervous system to see if that's actually the cause. Because here's, here's my question to you, Mrs. Jones. Would you rather that I just cover up symptoms like you've been doing for the last five, six years with your low back pain, just cover up symptoms and five, six years from now, it'd still be there? Or this time, do you actually want to get to the cause and address the cause? Which would you prefer, Mrs. Jones? Cause all day. There we go. Okay. So that's how I just took a neck pain or a back pain or a headache or or whatever and and made it into a brain problem. And now we're going to move in and we're going to address that. Okay, now we're going to assess their brain and nervous system, prove to them that they have a brain and nervous system imbalance. Okay, now at some point, they're going to get a care plan that's going to address the cause. Okay, at that point, they have a decision to make and and you maybe as as a doctor have a decision to make too. Mrs. Jones can say, yeah, I want to follow this plan because I want to address the cause. Great, this is what it looks like. This is what we're doing. Or they can come back and say, well, you know, doc, this is, um, this is too much. This is more than what I wanted. I just wanted a couple of adjustments to take care of my neck pain. Mm-hmm. And then you have the decision to make. Well, that's not what I do. You're in the wrong place. A Chiropractor down the street can help you. Or if you want to help them, help them. Right. But if you want to actually build a lifetime wellness, brain-based practice, my experience is there's a specific uh, population that you're going to want, because not everyone it's not, some people will get this and they, they just don't want it for now, for whatever reason. Right. It blows my mind that they don't want it but they some of them don't want it right but the majority of people are going to want it and that's how I went from you know my practice I didn't tell my story but I went from a practice of you know thousand dollars in, in, in my name and 750 square foot office space hundred percent cash I went from zero to 500 patient visits a week in six months wow. by focusing on the brain and nervous system and um, you know referrals just went through the roof. Because people, this, this is where people are at, man. They know they're stressed. They know medication is not the answer. They're looking for solutions.
0: Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's the a big part of our population of, of our patients in my office as well as people come in looking for answers and they're just tired of getting pushed around in the system. They they want a causation answer. They're, they're looking for a solution to their problems and they're not getting it anywhere else other than in chiropractic.
1: That's it, man that's it. And unfortunately too many chiropractors are not giving them the solutions, right? They're just going along with taking care of neck and low back pain. So that's where I come in. We're trying to move this profession away from the pain model to the brain model, right? Move it from pain to brain. Uh, so that, so that we, we can, you know, help, help more people and we can have more chiropractors succeeding instead of failing and struggling. I love that. And
0: that's, that's such a beautiful mission. And, uh, you know, that actually resonates with my mission in chiropractic is in, in this podcast is just taking the taking the profession to the next level so that we can continue to expand, evolve and show people the truth of chiropractic. You know, the philosophy of chiropractic, the truth of what it does and how it affects you. And ultimately, it, it leaves you better. There's if if you're if you're getting your nervous system adjusted, you're reducing the stress in your nervous system. You're reducing the um, the way that you respond to your environment internally and externally. And you're just you're balancing the way that we respond, so we can be more adaptive. Principle twenty-four, limits of adaptation. It's my favorite principle because it's it's what tells you that you're human. Like as long as you don't break a physical law, you're still matter. You're restricted to the laws of matter, so you have to live within those constraints and you have to respect them. And it's just such a beautiful conversation. So, Doc, how how do we find you if we want to connect to you? If we want to dial in and and Take our practice to the next level, going for pain to brain. What's that look like? And where do we find you? How do we connect to you?
1: So there's a few different ways. that We've got a free um, Facebook group where it's, it's private. It's just for docs only. It's called the Chiropractic Truth Tellers. Chiropractic Truth Tellers. You can get in there. Uh, you can go to our website. Uh, we're in the process of rebranding right now, but um, the old website's still up. Truechiro.org. And it's T-R-U chiro.org Uh, and you can schedule some uh some time with me to jump on a call you can see some of our programs we have we have uh hands-on workshops that we're doing actually our next one is march 4th and 5th that's going to be at life uh that's a hands-on workshop we have conferences coming up our next one's going to be in dallas uh in may uh we have some unbelievable speakers there um our last one was incredible man unbelievable Uh, But we've got that stuff going on. We've got digital training we can do. We've got uh, instrumentation that we use to help docs, you know, move from this pain model to the brain model so they can actually start measuring brain and nervous system. And and the most important piece there is some docs come back and say, well, you know, I do rolling thermal and I'm happy with that. Great. No problem. But again, is the patient walking away with a perception that you're just a, a back pain specialist still, even though you tell them. And, and telling them doesn't mean they get it, right? right? Because if you ask, the way to find out that is, is ask your patients, hey, what do I do? What, mm-hmm. what am I doing to you? Okay, if they come back and they say, well, you're fixing my back, okay? Is, if that's the message you want, great. If it's not, then there's there's some some issues there. But ultimately though, even with that stuff, like x-rays and all that stuff, great, let's continue to do it. But now let's bring it back to poor brain function because all that stuff now, once you actually measure brain function, during stress and during recovery, Okay, that's the that's the next important piece. Why right? okay. some people say, "Well, I do HRV." Well, you, if you do HRV for three minutes in a relaxed environment, that that's not true HRV, right? Yep. Because HRV, you've got to see what their HRV is doing during stress and then during recovery, right? That's and so if they're just sitting there for three or four minutes, you know, in your office, nice and relaxed, that's not true HRV. Okay, but anyway, I I, I digress. Um, ultimately, if you want instrumentation that actually measures. The adaptability of the brain and nervous system. Then we can have a, a discussion as well. Uh, that
0: sounds absolutely amazing. And I've I've actually done a little work with neurobiofeedback, and I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of really cool changes. There's a lot of really cool uh, technology out there to just take it to the next level and, and just show people how their bodies respond <laughs> to their environment. You know, internally, externally. Um, it sounds like you're really taking the practice to the next
1: level, doc. Well, hopefully I'm taking the profession to the next level. That's the goal,
0: baby. That's what I like to do.
1: <laughs> well, this has been
0: phenomenal. Um, is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we hop off?
1: Yeah, I want to touch on one one thing, and that is congruency, okay? Because here's the deal. The majority of chiropractors are in practice right now to to improve life, right, to improve people's lives, and we do that by focusing on the brain and nervous system. There's an incongruency if that is your goal, that is your mission, but you're only developing care plans to take care of pain because you're afraid you might lose them, they might, they might stop. You're afraid that you, know, you might be called a quack or you, you might, whatever, right? There's an incongruency there. And as Anne Rand uh, talked about in Atlas Shrugged, one of, her quote, one of the quotes that I love um, is, is incongruency causes destruction. And I don't think those are the exact words that are used, but uh, incongruency does cause destruction, whether that's in your practice or whether that's in your personal life that is affecting you at some level. And so I'm going to ask docs that are, that are look, looking at this uh, watching this soon to be docs. Do you want to be congruent? Do you want a life that is congruent? Because ultimately that's, that's that's what this comes down to. And I find that too many chiropractors are struggling and too many people are having problems because there's an incongruency in their in their life.
0: Mm, mm. I can absolutely agree with that. Coming coming out of school and being in the field, now it's um, a lot of people's their perspectives are are twisted. And once they get into practice, coming out of school, it's you know the hard the hard truth of reality hits you, and you got to grow up quick. And you can very quickly, if you fall into that incongruent pattern, where you're you're not living that life of, of servitude and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's like you're incongruent. You're, you're not, you're not doing you know, what BJ talked about. You know, it's, we're not carrying that sacred trust and we're not carrying it properly. Totally. Awesome. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been phenomenal. I personally learned a lot just off of this conversation. I know our listeners are going to learn a lot and, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to find people to connect to you. And that way we can just take this thing to the next level and keep evolving it and advancing the profession. Cause you
1: know, that's exactly what we're here to do. Right. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Let's save more lives. It's my, my saying, let's save more lives, man. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm right there with you. Save lives and, and save souls. That's what we're here to do for humanity.
0: Cool. Well, guys, if you have any questions for Dr. Clint still find him at true Cairo or if you're a doctor already, then you can go to his Facebook page. It's
1: a free page. It is Truth Seekers as well as Heal no, truth, truth Tellers. Oh,
0: truth Tellers. Ch-
1: Chiropractic Truth Tellers. And, and we let students in too. So students or docs, either way.
0: Cairo Truth Tellers. And then you will be at Life University March 4th and 5th for a seminar. And then it looks like you'll be in Dallas in May. So I will be trying to make that Dallas trip if I can make that. Awesome. It'll be Very on the cool. Guys, make sure you follow connect, share, reach out. Dr. Seal is here to help take the profession to the next level. Make sure you are congruent. And as always, it is a pleasure having you on here. We will see you next time. Doc, thanks for being here. Thank you.